we're going to start tonight. And today, I believe, is the first day of Hanukkah. And why do we care about that? We really don't. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of started a tradition last year. I wanted to um, deal with this subject, you know, every year on Hanukkah, just because uh, sadly, people just don't know what the Bible says on this subject. And whatever Bible they do think they knew, know, they probably got from a TV preacher somewhere. And I am learning that there are a lot of TV preachers that are getting a lot of money, usually from old ladies on this very subject, uh, deceiving them when it comes to the nation of Israel. And we, are, we need to know this stuff because, once again, we're in an election year. Things are going crazy around the world. Things are going crazy in the Middle East. And we're constantly being encouraged to go to war with people in places. And it's always the thing they always use to get the evangelicals on their side is they just invoke Israel. We've got to help Israel. We've got to protect Israel. And Christians go right along with it. And I'm what they're thinking, their mindsets, while their intention is good, they it is not biblical what they believe. And I was trying to think about how do I want to present this? How do I want to show this? For someone who has the wrong idea concerning Israel, when you know, how do you get them to come around? I mean, how am I supposed to undo what all the TV preachers have done, you know, in just what one message? How can I do this? How can I explain it? And so uh, I'm going to try the best way that I can tonight while there's just so much I would love to try to cover. Uh, we don't have time, and I'm not going to preach a long series on this. And you, know, you all, I think most of you all here know the truth on this subject, but at the same time, um, I want to do this tonight. And you know, I, I know you all agree with me on this, but I kind of need somebody to argue with uh, during this message, okay? And I, I've, I've picked Brother Lonnie. I love picking on Brother Lonnie. And so. Uh, Brother Lonnie, I don't think he's got the wrong idea when it comes to this subject, but tonight we're going to assume he does, okay? Because I, I need, I need opposition tonight, okay? And so <laughs> uh, I, I pick Brother Lonnie. So when I'm getting on him, y'all know I'm just having fun. Uh, don't get feeling too sorry for him and get mad at me. So uh, <laughs> Matthew chapter 21 verse 23 says, "And when he was coming to the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came." Unto him, and he was teaching and said, By what authority doest thou these things? Who gave thee this authority? And Jesus answered and said unto them, I also will ask you one thing, which if ye tell me, I and likewise will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, whence was it? From heaven or of men? And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say unto us, Why did ye not then believe him? But if ye, we shall say of men, we fear the people, for all hold John as a prophet. And I want to stop right there for a second and ask you a question. The baptism of John, from heaven or of men? I'm going to let you all think about that one, and I'm not going to tell you tonight. But anyway, verse 27, And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. And He said unto them, Neither tell I you by what authority I do these things. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. 
Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him, The first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that publicans and harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not, but the publicans and the harlots believed him. And ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Here another parable. There was a certain householder which planted a vineyard and hedged it round about and digged a wine press in it and built a tower and let it out to husbandmen and went into a far country. And when the time of the fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the husbandmen that they might receive the fruits of it. And the husbandmen took his servants and beat one and killed another and stoned another. And I think you all know that he's. this is a parable basically uh, that represents the prophets that God sent to Israel to try to get them on track to straighten them out. And we all know what they did to the prophets. And then in verse 36, again, He sent other servants more than the first, and they did unto them likewise. But last of all, He sent unto them His Son, saying, They will reverence My Son. Now, what do you all think that's talking about? That's talking about Jesus Christ. Okay, But when the husbandmen saw the Son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and let us seize on his inheritance. And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. Okay? Now, notice they wanted to seize his inheritance. They took him. They took him out of the vineyard. Okay? Remember, they took Jesus outside Jerusalem to crucify him, and they killed him. Just we, and I wish we had time to go into all the symbolism of this stuff, but we're not, we're not going to do that tonight. But just try to. I'm, trying to point some of these things out to you. Verse 39, And they caught him and cast him out of the vineyard and slew him. When the Lord therefore of the vineyard cometh, what will he do unto those husbandmen? They say unto him, He will miserably destroy those wicked men and will let out his vineyard unto other husbandmen, which shall render him the fruits in their season. Okay, The Pharisees themselves said he's going to destroy those people and he is going to give the vineyard unto other husbandmen. And verse 42, And Jesus saith unto them, Did ye never read in the Scriptures the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore say I unto you, The kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the Pharisees had heard his parables. They perceived that he spake of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared for the multitude because they took him for a prophet. So right here we see a passage where Jesus told them. He gives them these examples. He gives them these parables. He says, I've sent you my prophets. You didn't listen. You beat them. You hurt them. You stoned them. You killed them. And then God said, I'm going to send my son. and They'll reverence him. And God sent his son and they killed him. They took him outside Jerusalem. They put him on a cross, and they killed him. And basically, we see here that what's the Lord going to do to those people that did that? He is going to take the kingdom from them, he says. I'm going to take the kingdom from you and give it to another nation. And what I'm talking about tonight, I want to talk about the nation of Israel tonight because we, uh, we, I believe here he's talking to Israel. He's talking to the nation of Israel. And he told them, I am going to take the kingdom from you and give it to another nation. Now, who is this other nation that God has given the kingdom to? Is it the USA? 
Uh, no, it's not the USA. Okay, you know, you know, is it is it England? I believe there was somebody I was reading about that believed that England was the new nation of Israel. Obviously, it's not England, but you know, who is this nation? And I believe that we can see crystal clear in the Bible who this nation is, what this nation is, by just studying the nation of Israel. And so we're going to go back, and in Genesis chapter twelve, this is where we see the beginning of the nation of Israel. I think everybody would agree that the nation of Israel was started with Abraham. That God chose Abraham. God picked Abraham that he he wanted to give he wanted to bless his seed. He was going to uh, raise a nation from him. And in Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 it says now the Lord had said unto Abraham, "Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee." And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarai his wife, his brother, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land into the place of Sychem unto the plain of Moriah. And the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So God, I believe He started the nation of Israel with Abraham, even though it was not called Israel yet, he started this nation with Abraham. And he said, from your seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Okay, And listen, people will take this passage and say that is talking about the Jews. Okay, But here's the thing. You know, have all the nations of the world been blessed by the Jews? Okay, now... Some will say that it has. You know, I'm supposed to tell you a story right now of a man named Haim Solomon. Now, if you ever heard the story of Haim Solomon, I'm not even going to tell that story. But that is not that was not a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Okay, if you don't know that story, you know you're not missing anything. But <laughs> it's it's a well repeated story. But here's the thing. So it said, you know, from his seed, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Well, let me ask you. You know, who is Abraham's seed physically? Obviously, the Jews are. But who else is? That's that's the correct answer, but physically speaking, all right. See, you all know too well around here. <laughs> okay, no. What about the Muslims? Okay, do they not descend from Abraham? Are they not Abraham's seed? Have all the nations of the world been blessed by the Muslims? <laughs> were we we were just blessed by the Muslims last week, right? No, we weren't. <laughs> you know, another terrorist act that took place, and there they terrorized the world. But they're the seed of Abraham, aren't they? Okay, and so, but at the same time, Abraham did. He had two sons, didn't he? And so, which son was the promised son? He had Ishmael and Isaac. Which was the promised son? Isaac. Okay, Isaac was the promised son. God promised that He was going to create a nation, okay, with Abraham and from his seed. But it wasn't any seed that came from Abraham. It was the promised seed, okay? That was Isaac. And in Galatians chapter 4, verse 22, it says, For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, 
but he of the free woman of promise. So even though the Muslim people descend from Abraham and they are the physical seed of Abraham, they were not a part of that nation that God talked about that God was trying to raise up. They weren't the seed of promise. Isaac was. So we don't get to count them. Alright? And so then, the nation of Israel, this nation that God was raising up, it goes to Isaac, not Ishmael, it goes to Isaac. And Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. Okay? Now, which of those two sons was loved by God? Jacob. Uh, Romans 9.13, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Okay? So keep these things in mind. This is so important. God chose to start this nation with Abraham. Okay? And then He promised that His seed, His son, He would continue that nation on with a promised son that was Isaac, not Ishmael. Isaac was the seed of promise. Isaac had two sons, Jacob and Esau. But Jacob was the one that God loved. The one that God blessed not Esau. Okay, so remember that. And then Jacob, or God changed Jacob's name to Israel. And you all know the history of Israel from you know the time of Jacob to the time of Christ. And pretty much everyone agrees about the history of the nation of Israel from Abraham till the time of Christ. But after that's when the debate comes in. Okay, so how can we clear this up? Okay, so you understand Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You understand their role. Y'all know the history. Israel was never about a geographical location so much, even though God did give them a land. Okay, because Jacob had 12 sons. And where did the nation of Israel go? They ended up going to Egypt, didn't they? And they were in bondage there for 400 years. And then God brought Israel, the nation of Israel, out of Egypt. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and God brought them over Jordan into the land of Canaan and they dwelt there for hundreds and hundreds of years and then finally Babylon came and took the nation of Israel and many of them and took them to Babylon. And then the Medes and the Persians came along and they got moved over there. And then uh, you've got you know Greece. The Bible doesn't talk about the Greece that came along and conquered them. And Israel got scattered all over the place throughout their history. And then in Ezra and Nehemiah, after the Medes and Persians, you've got the fulfillment of prophecy of Israel being gathered back to their land. Okay, and the TV preachers are going to tell you, you know, they're going to show you videos of Jews flying in planes back to Israel and saying, "This is a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy." Those prophecies, most of those prophecies were already fulfilled in Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay, and we don't have time to go on all those, but anyway, there are still some that are to be fulfilled, and we don't have time to go into those. But it was Israel was always a people. Okay, It was never so much about a geographical location. It was always a people. They got scattered around. But during Jesus' time, they were there in Israel, in Jerusalem. And then in Matthew chapter 21, where Jesus is talking, He said the kingdom is going to be taken from you and given to another nation. So who was that nation that ended up getting the kingdom? And I believe that nation was... It went from the physical nation of Israel to the spiritual nation of Israel. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 11. It says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. You said, You Gentiles. Okay? You've been called the uncircumcision. That's what the Jews called Gentiles. 
Okay, and you were called uncircumcision by those who are called circumcision. Okay, by those who are called the Jews. Verse twelve: That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. The commonwealth of Israel, the people of Israel, the nation of Israel. We, you, he's saying right here, you used to be outsiders. You used to be on the outside, but thanks to the blood of Christ, you have now been made nigh. You are not a stranger. You are not an alien. Okay, Not from the commonwealth of Israel. We are strangers and pilgrims from the world like Abraham, but we are a part of that nation of Israel. The spiritual nation of Israel. You see, this seed that the Bible talked about with Abraham, the seed that God was trying to raise up, it was always... That seed was never, you know, this mass group of people. It was Jesus Christ. Go to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 8. And I'm trying to, I'm working really hard. I worked really hard to be as honest as I could be in this message to show Old Testament, New Testament, the way they go together. Many people who are on the you know, different sides of this, sometimes they tend to just kind of pick Old or New Testament. I think you can use both and they see that they say the exact same thing. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, it says, And the Scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. God knew what was going to happen before Jesus Christ came to this earth, God knew the Jews were going to reject the Messiah. God knew that. And God preached this. God preached this message I'm preaching tonight about the kingdom going from one nation to another. He preached it before the Gospel to Abraham. Way back then. When did He preach that? We read it in Genesis chapter 12. And it says, when it says, "...in thee shall all nations be blessed." Okay? Verse 9, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. Okay, so we hear that all the time. You know, we've got to be a blessing to Israel. You know, God promised that He'll bless them that you know, bless those that bless them and curse those who curseth them. And in thy seed shall the nation of the world be blessed. And they are the seed of Abraham. And I'm here today to tell you that no, that seed was Jesus Christ. Okay, that's Brother Lonnie. 
It's not them, all right? Those people over there in Israel, they might be physical. They are not the seed that God promised. They are not the ones that are blessing the whole world right now. It was Jesus Christ. He was the one they promised. And the Bible says here in this passage that they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. You see, that nation, that kingdom, it went from the physical nation to the spiritual nation. You see, it went to the seed of promise. Because who was that seed that God promised Abraham? Was it you know, seeds multiple? No. But Lonnie, it said seeds not as of many. Okay, it was talking about one. Alright? Get over the plural thing. Alright? It's not that. It was it was one, and it was Jesus Christ. I, I wish you could figure that out, okay? But the opposition just can't they just can't get that. And he and right there, it went to the promised seed. God promised way back to Abraham that from his seed, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. God promised that he was going to give that land of Canaan to his seed. Okay, so who does the land of Israel belong to? And stop, don't, it's not the Jews. It's Jesus Christ, alright? You know, read your Old and New Testament, alright? You know, and, I'm, you know, people who disagree with this, they accuse people like me of not believing that there's an Old Testament. It's like, well, they don't believe there's a New Testament, all right? And it's clear, God. I mean, it's just like God said there, way back in Genesis, in thy seed. He said not in seeds as of many. So the, it went to the promise seed, which was Jesus Christ. See, the kingdom of God. What is, what is the kingdom of God? There's preachers are going around right now preaching in Baptist churches that there are multiple gospels, that there is the gospel of the kingdom, there is the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I don't remember what the other gospel is. But you know what? My Bible says if anybody preach any other gospel than that which we preach, let him be accursed. So I don't care who he is, I don't care how many degrees he has, if he preaches another gospel, as far as I'm concerned, he's lost. Let him be accursed. That's I, I, any preacher that preaches that. I look at them like that preacher needs to get saved. And one of these days, if I hear somebody, I'm just going to yell out, you know, get saved. If you know, they're saying that there's more than one gospel, because what is the kingdom of God? People say, well, no, there's the gospel of the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom of God? You ever thought about that? You know, John came. You know, he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. What does that mean? You know, in in Matthew and uh, the Gospels, you see the kingdom of God referred to over and over again. You see the gospel, the kingdom of God. But then after that, and like the Book of Acts, you don't see that anymore. You hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, what made the name change? Was it because they were two different gospels, or did, was there a reason that they started calling it something else? Well, look at Mark chapter nine and verse one. We don't have time to go into all the scriptures on this, but here's, here's just a few. Uh, of the more obvious ones that can reveal to you what the gospel of the kingdom of God is. Mark chapter 9, verse 1, And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God come with power. And after six days, Jesus take with him Peter and James and John and leadeth them up into an high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his raiment became shining, exceeding white as snow, so as no fuller on earth can white them. 
And there appeared unto him Moses or Elias with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. The kingdom of God is Jesus Christ in His glorified state, I believe. And one of these days, we are going to see the kingdom of God return. We're going to see Jesus Christ return in the clouds with great power and great glory. The kingdom of God is Jesus Christ and His people. And right there, he said some of them are going to see it. And then it mentions six days later, Peter, James, and John. They saw Jesus transfigured. They saw Him take on His heavenly form. And in every one of the Gospels where it mentions this passage, some are going to see the kingdom of God. The very next story is the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. Okay, And then, in Luke chapter 17, verse 20, "...and when He was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, He answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation." Neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Now, what is it that is within us? Well, when we get saved, it's Jesus Christ. Okay? It's Him that's inside of us. It's Him that indwells us. It's Jesus Christ. And I believe the kingdom of God is basically Jesus Christ and all who are His. That is the kingdom of God. Okay? And so after Jesus Christ died on the cross and ascended to heaven, they didn't call it the gospel of the kingdom of God anymore. They called it the gospel of Jesus Christ because the Jews and they knew about the kingdom of God, but what they didn't know is that it was Jesus Christ that they needed to go after. It was Jesus Christ who died for their sins. It was Jesus Christ that they needed to follow. And so they called it the Gospel of Jesus Christ because that's who they were preaching about. The Kingdom of God and Jesus Christ are the same thing. The Gospel of the Kingdom, the Gospel of Jesus Christ are the same. Okay, The Kingdom of God is Jesus Christ and all who are in Him. Alright? And so, understand, Jesus was on earth in the flesh, wasn't He? But the Jews, they rejected Him as their Messiah. They killed him, didn't they? And the kingdom basically was taken from them and it was given to a spiritual kingdom. And now, those of us who are saved, we have Jesus Christ, don't we? We have the kingdom of God. They don't have the kingdom of God. Those who are lost don't have Him. And so, and uh, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus Christ are the same thing. And then also we see, and I don't, I'm not going to take a whole lot of time on this. I preached a message about it a while back. And I went into great detail uh, where I, it was the message that was called, you know, the tales of two sons. And in every example in the Bible, where you, or many exa- there's many examples in the Bible where there were two sons. Okay? And in all those examples, the natural came before the spiritual. Ishmael was born before Isaac, wasn't he? Okay? Esau was born before Jacob, wasn't he? And the Old Testament, came before the New Testament, didn't it? See, the Old Testament, we could all get to heaven if we would all keep the Old Testament completely. But we've got to do that in the flesh, don't we? And can that be done? No. Okay, We can't do it. That Old Testament law, it's weak because of the flesh. So we get into heaven by the New Testament, which is spiritual. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. Cain, Came before Abel. Cain was the older. He brought the work of his hands. Abel, he gave the sacrificial lamb. You know, Ishmael came before Isaac. And then we also talked about Adam. Okay? Adam's referred to as the Son of God in Luke. Adam, a natural man, 
earthy, the Bible calls them. He came before Jesus Christ came in the flesh. But in Adam, all sin in Christ, all are made alive. Adam represents the flesh. Christ represents the spiritual. Every one of us in here today, we are all descendants of Adam, aren't we? But because of that, we're all sinners, aren't we? We all have sinned. We were all we all started out sinners. None of y'all ever taught your kids how to lie. They figured it out on their own. None of you had to teach them how to lose their temper. You didn't have to teach them to lie. None of you taught your kids how to lie. But you know what? Your kids lie, don't they? From the time they're very young, they deceive. They lie. Lana does it sometimes. You know, I mean, just you know, maybe not with the story, but they will. They'll try to mislead. It's a sin nature that causes us to do that. Where do they get that from? They get it from their Adamic nature. They get it from the flesh. And that's why the Bible says, ye must be born again. Except a man be born of water, the natural birth, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. And we get saved in the Spirit, or we're born in the Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ. Adam represents that flesh. Christ represents the Spirit. We are born of water before we're born of the Spirit, aren't we? The flesh always comes before the spiritual. Or the natural always comes before the spiritual. The earth is full of the natural born. Heaven will only be populated by the spiritually born. Why? Because flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we see how this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. How are we going to do that? 1 Thessalonians 4, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. When Christ returns in the clouds, we will see Him. And when we see Him, we will be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. And so, having said all that, you know, that's what that spiritual nation is. Those who have been born again. Those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are, that is, who belongs in the kingdom of God. And we are the nation of Israel. And many people, while there's a lot of what I've just said here that many people would agree with, they would take offense at me calling ourselves the nation of Israel. But there's a very good reason why the Bible says we are of the commonwealth of Israel and why I say that we are the nation of Israel because we're going to go back again and we're going to look at this nation of Israel, the people that God chose. And wait till you see what some of the passages were that we didn't read about that. But first of all, you know, what do we have in common with the nation of Israel? Why would we call ourselves that? Well, remember, the nation of Israel started with Abraham, didn't it? And what do we have in common with Abraham? Well, we believe like Abraham. Galatians 3.6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the Gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. We are called the children of Abraham because like Abraham, we believe God. When did Abraham get saved? 
Well, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, it says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. God said, I'm going to multiply your seed, Abraham. And Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Romans 4.17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. I before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. You see, God, the Bible, the New Testament itself, it puts us in the same camp with Abraham. Why? Because we believe God, don't we? And if we believe God, we're the children of Abraham. Just like ladies, if you submit to your husbands and you reverence your husbands, the Bible calls you daughters of Sarah. Now, that doesn't mean you're physically descended from Sarah, but when you act like her, God says you're her daughter. Just like we've all done this. I've done this before. When my kids are misbehaving, they are their mother's children. But when they're being good, they're my children. Okay, We all do that, and God does the same thing. When we believe God, He puts us in the camp with... Hey, you're Abraham's children. That's what Abraham did. And we're going to see another passage like that in a little bit. So God puts us in that group, in that nation with Abraham. God prophesied about it way back in Genesis. He said, man, I'm going to make your seed like the stars of heaven. And he was talking about, he was talking about a promised seed, a people of faith like Abraham. And then also, what do we, so what do we have? We have that in common with Abraham. What do we have in common with Isaac? Okay, because remember, Abraham had two sons. He had Ishmael, natural born. He had Isaac, the one of promise. Galatians chapter four, verse twenty-one. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid and the other by a free woman. But he who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Which things are an allegory, for these are two covenants, the one from Mount Sinai, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry thou that travailest not. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Now we brethren, now we brethren, okay, he's talking to the Galatians here, he's not talking to the Jews, he's talking to believers here. Now we brethren, 
as Isaac was, are the children of promise. You all see that? That's what we have in common with Isaac. Abraham had more than one son physically, but one was the son of promise. That was the one that God promised to bless. That was the one that God promised things to. And those of us who are saved, we are those children of promise that God talked about, that God preached before to Abraham. So like Isaac, we are the children of promise. We might not be naturally born from Abraham, but we are what God promised to Abraham. Those of us who are of faith, we are like Abraham. We are continuing in what Abraham did. We believe God. Then Jacob, well, what, how are we like Jacob? Well, Romans chapter 9, verse 6 says, Not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Okay, Just because just they're from Abraham, they're not children. Because God said in Isaac, He was talking about the promised one. Not everyone that descended from Abraham. He's talking about the promised one. In Isaac shall thy seed be called. Verse 8, that is they which are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. God's not counting those ones. Okay, I don't know how many Jews there are in the world. People, you know, oh, you, you know, God said He's going to multiply them like the stars of heaven. You know, and how many Jews are there? Well, Brother Lonnie, I have no idea. But you know what? God's not counting them. All right. So stop trying to figure it out. That's not, that's not what it was talking about. He, he says it right here, and he says, um, "You got me distracted, Brother Lonnie. Stop arguing with me." Uh, <laughs> verse nine. For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come. And Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived Isaac's wife by one, even by our father Isaac, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth, it was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And let me ask you, are we not loved by God? Okay, now I understand that God loves the whole world. Okay, but many times when it talks about God loving, it's talking about what He does for us, how He blesses us. When the Bible says, Jacob have I loved, if you go back in the Micah, I believe it was, that that's quoting it from, it talks about how God blessed Jacob and God gave him a good land, but Esau, he gave him a terrible land. God did not bless Esau the way he did Jacob. God preferred Jacob over Esau. And let me ask you, who does God prefer? Does God prefer us over the lost? Obviously, He does. Does God bless us more than the lost? Well, if you're saved today, aren't you joint heirs with Christ? If you're lost... What's your inheritance? Hell, alright? So, I think there's a pretty big difference. And we, we all know we're promised heaven. We all know we're promised the kingdom of God. I mean, even here on earth, God blesses us with all these wonderful blessings. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Do lost people have that? No, they don't. I mean, God is good to us. God has blessed us like He did Jacob. And so... We're, 
we're Israel, folks. We're what God was always talking about, what God was always promised. Okay, And we know, and there's many paths we can look at, not everybody that was an Israelite during the Old Testament went to heaven, did they? I mean, do you, anybody think Ahab went to heaven? I know you do, Brother Lonnie, but you know, just because he was a Jew, that guy was wicked. We know he went to hell. I mean, you know, Jezebel and all these people that we read about. I mean, there were some wicked, wicked people that did not believe God. They were idolatrous, worshipped idols. I mean, there were many that God killed in the wilderness. Why? Because they didn't believe God. And these, and the Bible talks about those who died in their sins. I mean, it was clear that being a part of the physical nation never got anyone into heaven. Okay, but those who believe God, okay, they will be a part of the kingdom of God. Okay, those who uh, believe God are in heaven today, and uh, thank God, thank God for that. So, having said all this, many times when I try to explain this to people, and you show them all these scriptures, oh, okay, I get it. Yes, we're Abraham's seed. You know. Yeah, fine. I I get it. Yeah, we're the children of promise. Uh, Yeah, I I get all those things. But God's not done with Israel. God's not done with physical Israel. And let me say, I agree. Okay, but what's he going to do? Oh, he's going to bring them back to their land, and then you know we're going to get raptured, and then they're all going to get saved. A bunch of them are going to get saved, and you know the Antichrist is going to turn on them. God's going to protect them. All these things, you know, no, that none of that's going to happen, and nobody can show you scripture on it. They can uh, really twist some very vague scriptures. But what's going to happen in natural Israel? Because people will bring up like the 144,000. That is not clear stuff right there. Okay, and then they will ignore passages like I'm going to read you that are very clear. And Galatians chapter four, verse 29. Okay, remember it says, but as then he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit, even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. Now, who did it say was her son there? Okay, it was talking about Hagar and Ishmael. Okay, and I know the Muslims descend from Ishmael, but it said it here it's not talking about. It's talking about the natural seed versus the seed of promise, the spiritual seed. It makes it very clear it's talking about the Jews. The Muslims weren't persecuting the Christians back then. It was the Jews that were persecuting the Christian. And God put them with Ishmael. And it says, cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. And let me tell you something. No physical Jew, if they're just physical, is going to inherit with us. Now, if they get saved and become born again, if they receive Christ and they can be saved, then they will be joint heirs, but not because they're a physical seed of Abraham. They have to be born again. Okay, And he said right here, Cast out the bottom. That's what's going to happen to the physical nation of Israel. What's God going to do? Well, He's going to cast them into hell. Look what it says in Luke chapter 13, verse 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut 
to the door, and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then shall ye begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Who have we been talking about tonight? We've been talking about Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, haven't we? Okay? The fathers of the patriarchs of the nation of Israel. When ye shall see, when ye shall see, who's he talking to? He's talking to the Jews here. He's talking to the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When ye shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are last which shall be first and there are first which shall be last. They're going to come from the north, south, east, and west. People are going to get saved from all over the world and they're going to sit down in the kingdom. You and I, we are going to sit down in the kingdom. We're not from Israel. We're not, we're not Jewish. We don't descend from Abraham that we know of. But we are going to sit with them in the kingdom. We're going to sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets. But the Bible says that them, they will be thrust out, the Bible says. And then notice he says, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Remember, the firstborn in all those cases was never the one that went into heaven, was it? It was always the next one, the last one. The first should be last and the last should be first. Cain, Abel, you know, Isaac, uh, Ishmael, Isaac, Jacob, Esau, even the prodigal son and his brother. Okay, the prodigal son, I believe, represents the Gentiles, the older brother. Remember how he got angry when the father accepted that prodigal? And you know what? The Jews, they didn't like it when God accepted us back, did He? When God blessed us and made us one of His children, they threw a fit. And that's what the Pharisees were doing whenever Jesus was going and saving all these wicked people. They didn't like that one bit. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Matthew 8.10 And when Jesus heard it, He marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I send you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. He was talking about a centurion, a Roman, a Gentile. This guy said, hey, I want you to heal my servant. Jesus, just say the word and I know he'll be healed. I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Man, Jesus saw that and he's like, I can't find faith like this in Israel. These Israelites, they don't have faith like this Gentile. In verse 11, and I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness and there shall be gnashing of teeth. Those children of the kingdom, those who descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they are going to be cast out of the kingdom. Jesus Himself prophesied it. So to say that this teaching contradicts any of God's promises to Israel in the Old Testament, that would be like saying God broke His promise when He rejected Ishmael and Esau. Okay? Because wait a minute, you know, when, when God returns, you know, is God going to restore all the Muslims? Okay? No. But, but they're the seed of Abraham. Didn't you all read what God promised to the seed of Abraham? Well, now let's talk about the promised seed. It wasn't Ishmael. God, well, what about you know Esau's descendants, which I believe you know, they've kind of intermingled with Ishmael, and they're part of the Muslim race too. You know, 
Did God break His promise to Abraham when He didn't bless Esau? No. He was talking about the promise seed. Well, who was that promise seed? It wasn't just Isaac. That promise seed was Jesus Christ. Okay, Jesus Christ was that promised seed. And all the, and there are many Old Testament references that you can look at all over in the major and minor prophets where God made promises to Israel. But understand those promises were to real Israel. The promised Israel. The promised seed. And, and many of those promises we look at, we can, we can apply those to us. They, you know, God says, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. You can apply that to yourself if you're Abraham's seed. How are you Abraham's seed? Are you in Christ? Are you in faith? God, and you know, God's promises, they were kept. God's promises weren't to them. John 3.16. Okay? Who's John 3.16 talking to? For God so loved the world. It's talking to the whole world, isn't it? But who, who are the only ones who receive the blessings and the benefits from John 3.16? Whosoever believeth in him. Okay? God loved the whole world. But the only ones that are going to get anything from that love are those who believe in him. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God did love the whole world. Abraham had a lot of seed. Isaac, Ishmael, there's all kinds of people that descend from them, but the promised seeds were those who were of faith. It was never just everyone that came from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And just because John 3.16 says God loved the whole world doesn't mean the whole world saved whosoever believeth in Him. John 3 is where we see ye must be born again. It's the same thing. And so those who believe, okay, those who believe, they are with Abraham. Those who believe go to heaven. Those who don't believe don't go to heaven. Those who believe, when you believe, when you have faith, you are the children of Abraham. But if you don't believe, you are of your father, the devil. Look at what John chapter 8, verse 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me. Because my word hath no place in you. What, so who's he talking to here? He's talking to Abraham's seed, right? He said, I know you're Abraham's seed. The Jews brought that up all the time. Y'all remember what John, they said to John the Baptist? Or John the Baptist said to them, Say not within yourself that we are Abraham's seed. For God is of these stones to raise up seed unto Abraham. You know, it's funny how the Pharisees made a big deal about that. John threw it in their face. Jesus threw it in their face. But yet, preachers today are still throwing the fact that they're Abraham's seed in our face today. Where is that coming from? Okay, It's not coming from the Bible. It's not a big deal. So, he said, I know you're Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children... If you were Abraham's children. Now wait, didn't he just say they were Abraham's seed? Okay? But listen, God doesn't care that they descend from Abraham. That wasn't what made them special. 
Okay? Nobody is special because of who, what what's in their DNA. Nobody is special because of who they were born from off the flesh. He said, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. What did Abraham do when God told him something? He believed God. Here we have Jesus Christ, God Himself. He's telling the Jews something and they're not believing Him. And Jesus said, Abraham didn't do this. Abraham did not do that. Verse 41, Ye do the deeds of your father. They say unto Him, We be not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. You know what? You know, hey, we know about Joseph and Mary. We all know that Mary... We all did the math. We know that Mary got pregnant before they had told, you know, before they had come together during the time of their espousal. We're not born of fornication like you, Jesus. Basically, calling him illegitimate, blaspheming Jesus Christ. We're not like that. And Jesus saith unto them, "If God were your father, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but He sent me. Why do ye not understand my speech?" even because you cannot hear My Word. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe Me not. I mean, this is real clear, folks. If you don't believe God, you're not of Abraham. You're not, you're not of Abraham's seed. So you know what? Why don't we stop calling them Abraham's seed? They are not all Israel that are of Israel. Why don't we stop calling... I understand in 1948, they started a nation and they called it Israel. And it, oh, what a miracle of God. You know, bringing them back from the life. Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones is what, you know, happened. And that was God's, you know, promise being fulfilled. God breathed life in the Jews. But wait a minute. Have they accepted Christ as their Savior? So they're still dead, aren't they, in the eyes of God? They're dead. There's not been any revival. Okay, so there's a nation out there called Israel that's doing nothing but wickedness. This government's more wicked than our government. And we are told all the time that we have to support them. we got to stand up for Israel because they are the seed of Abraham and God will not continue to bless our country unless we bless Israel. And let me tell you, I'll tell you what chapter and verse you got that out of. You, know, you got that from TBN. The TBN version of the Bible. You know, Trinity Broadcasting Network. You got it from the TV preachers. That is not in the Bible. And I'm tired of going, you know, saying we've got to vote for this politician because he supports Israel. He stands with Israel. I'm tired of being told we've got to go fight all these wars over the Middle East because we have to protect Israel. They're not Israel. Alright? Uh, they are not Israel. And even if they are, okay, Physically, God didn't call him that. He said, "Year of your father, the devil." He said, "You're a liar. You're of your father, the devil is a liar. Who is a liar? But he that denies that Jesus is a Christ." And I had a lady that just called me last week, and that one of the first questions: Do you all support Israel? And I said, "No." I said, "If you're talking politically, militarily, I do not support Israel." Now, I am all for supporting missionaries to go to Israel and try to win them to Christ. 
But I'm not going to do it under the you know that false pretense saying you all are the chosen people. Wait a minute. Bible says, talking to believers, ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Revelation 17.14 And He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called and chosen and faithful. You know who the chosen people are? The seed of Abraham. The children of Abraham. Those who believe. And you know what? Okay, Brother Lonnie, you want to you want to you want to claim that you still convinced? Well, guess what? You are not allowed to sing one of my favorite songs anymore. You know the song "In the Depths of the Sea" of God's forgetfulness, removed as the east is from west. I love that song. You know, you're not allowed to sing that song anymore because you know what? That comes from Micah chapter seven verse eighteen. It says, "Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage?" He retaineth not His anger forever because He delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and Thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Thou wilt perform the truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which Thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. You know what? If you're saved today, God's cast your sins in the depths of the sea. Well, wait, no. He, he said that for Jacob. For those from Abraham. If that's not us, then He didn't cast our sins in the depths of the sea, did He? But He did cast our sins in the depths of the sea. Because we are of Jacob. We are of Abraham. But if you have that, brother, you don't get to sing that song anymore. You don't believe your sins are in the depths of the sea. That's just for the Jews. Are you a Jew? Alright, no, no, so forget it. And then Psalms 103, verse 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known His ways unto Moses, His acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath He removed our transgressions for us. Who is He talking to there? His acts unto the children of Israel. God's moved your sins as far as the east is from the west. They never come together. They never join. That's what God has done to your sins. Well, if you're the children of Israel, if we're not the children of Israel because we're not Jews, we don't get to claim that verse, do we? But you know what? We do claim that verse because we are the children of Israel. And so I'm going to keep singing that song. And you can just you can just watch and wish that you were singing it. And I, I need you tonight. I hope you didn't mind me doing that. I know he's not arguing with me on this, but understand this. All of this stuff that's going on that we're hearing. I mean, I've heard our politicians say it. I hear TV preachers say it all the time. There are there are poor old ladies that are giving money to help Israel to you know to help their military. There are Christian. People who give money to the Temple Mount Institute in Israel. What all? They're they're a group of Jews trying to get all the materials together for the temple. Okay, and listen, I'm anxious for the temple to go up. You know why I'm anxious for the temple to go up? Because the Antichrist is going to go into that temple, isn't he? And with that abomination of desolation, it's not going to be long after that that we are going to be out of here. But you understand that Israel is what's going to help 
bring about the Antichrist? Why would we support that? Now, we know it's going to happen, but why would we help that along? Brother Lonnie, I know one of these days you're going to die, but am I supposed to help that along? Well, it was going to happen anyway, so I figured I'd just... No! Okay, you know, you know, we're not going to help with that. I, I'm not going to help the rise of the Antichrist. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to spread the Gospel. I'm going to stand against liars. I'm going to stand against those who are, are, are preaching falsehood. I'm not going to help it along. Not, the Temple Mount Institute is not going to get one dollar from me. Even though I'm anxious for the Lord to come back. That is not... I am not going to do that. I'm going to keep on doing right. And I am going to take my stand as a citizen of Israel as though as a child of Abraham and I'm just going to believe God and as concerning the Jews I believe we ought to love them uh, just God loves loves the world gave himself for it and we need to get them the gospel and I know most Baptists aren't like this there are a lot of people that act like they don't even need to be saved Jesus is going to take care of them when he comes back they've are, they've got a separate covenant have they not ever read Hebrews? Okay, nobody got saved from that Old Testament covenant. Okay, it's through Jesus Christ, and I'm sorry. After the rapture, and this is another subject, and I'm not going to expound on. I'm just going to leave you with this. But after the rapture, nobody gets saved. Okay, so I, I do not see any evidence of anyone being saved after the Bible. When God pours His wrath out, it's not to fix people to straighten them out it's to punish them okay and when god pours his wrath out on the world when god poured his wrath out on Sodom and Gomorrah did anybody get saved after that now he pulled he pulled lot and his family out before and then he poured his wrath out but nobody got saved then you know and when god poured his wrath out in the world during the flood god protected Noah and his family but did anybody get saved after the flood started no and when Jesus Christ returns, He's going to get us out of here and then He's going to pour His wrath out on the world and none of them are going to get saved during that time because He's coming to punish. And so, we need, we need to remember that and if we want to be a help to Jews in the seed of Abraham, we can only do that by giving them the Gospel. That is the only thing that will save them. That is the only thing that will make a difference. And that's... That's what I want to do. And I'm not going to... You know, there's a lot of people, in, preachers in America today, they're telling everybody how wonderful they are. Oh, you're wonderful. God doesn't judge you. He does, you know, he, they, they tell all these wonderful things about people, and then they try to tell them how to get saved. Well, it's like after, you know, Joel Osteen's done preaching, well, what do I even need to get saved from? I mean, I'm so wonderful to begin with. And then we've got Baptists that are going to these Jews. Oh, you are the chosen people. You seed of Abraham. You know, you wonderful people. We love you. We want to bless you. Oh, but you need to get saved. Why? We're the children of Abraham. I think it's time we go back to Baptist preaching and say, you know what? God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Or preaching like Jesus preached. And say, you know what? You are not the children of Abraham because Abraham didn't do the works that you're doing. Abraham, believe God. You all don't believe the Bible. You're not the children of Abraham. And so, with that, let's go ahead and stand.